The Keys to Life podcast begin with the idea that women need access to sound wisdom, biblical truth, and practical keys to be empowered in their daily life. This is an offspring of Life Builder Seminars. The Keys to Life podcast is designed to help you transform your life by hearing and knowing the truth so you can walk in greater freedom than you ever thought possible. Life Builder Seminars was started by Dr. Kathy Guerrero nearly 25 years ago with a passion for creating a safe place for women to be equipped and empowered for life. As a counselor, pastor, business owner, and grandmother, Dr. Kathy's passion is to build and empower women. We are so excited you are here and can't wait to see what God has in store for you. Hello, everyone. We're so happy to have you back with us on Keys for Life broadcast by Life Builders. We are so excited to share some things with you today. Uh, again, we really want to just give you keys for life that will cause success. So as you utilize those, I believe that God's going to open up some great doors for you that maybe were closed in the past because you didn't have maybe the information or revelation of what uh, you needed to have at that point in time. But now's a good time to get those keys. And then again, our keys are going to close doors that were open in the past that maybe were not uh, productive or fruitful for you. So uh, take a hold of those things that you hear today and put them to work, activate them, and let's go forward growing and, and being successful in our area of life. So today we're going to uh, do part two, talking about envy. Uh, last podcast we did was envy and its consequences. So I would really encourage you to go back and listen to that so that you can build on that with this uh, particular podcast. So today again, we have our dear friend Maribel Soto. So Maribel, you want to say hello to our audience? Hi everyone. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Kathy. Oh, thank you. So Maribel's a, a, a marvelous woman. She's in real estate. She's a mom with two great kids and she has an incredible husband, Reuben. He's really, really a wonderful man. So I've known Maribel for about 13, going on 14 years, or maybe it's already 14 years. Uh, and so uh, Maribel and I have walked through a lot of different areas and I've seen uh, the growth and the development in her. And so I really want her here to share uh, her heart, as well as of a lot of the experiences that she's gone through. So as we start today, we're going to talk about how to prevent and overcome envy. Oh my goodness, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to prevent it so we don't have to overcome it? But uh, again, even as we discussed the last time, uh, envy is something that uh, all of us have had to go through at times uh, in different areas, in different ways, in different dimensions, different degrees, uh, but we really can overcome this. And then again, we can work on how to prevent it. So we'll begin to see it as it's coming so we don't have to buy into it. Uh, but I do want to give you just a definition, again, from dictionary.com that defines envy as a feeling of discontent or covetousness with regard to another's advantages, success, possessions, etc. So in other words, uh, when, when we have envy, it's dealing with wanting something that somebody else has. 
uh, which is different than jealousy. And we did talk about this, so I'll let you go back and, and hear that definition for that. But jealousy uh, really is dealing more with relationship issues. So with envy, we really uh, have to uh, recognize those things. And I'm, I want to kind of give you a little solution here uh, right out of the get-go, out of Proverbs 14.30. And this is out of the Amplified Translation. It says, A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and the health of the body. But envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. Wow. So really envy, envy, if we're listening to this, envy actually affects our mental health, our emotional health, and even our physical health. Did you hear that? Rottenness to the bones. And so I really want you to think about it. What's happening in your body? What's happening in your emotions and what's happening in your, the, your mind, the way you see and perceive things? Uh, there might be a little envy there hiding out that maybe you didn't recognize before. I do want to uh, really suggest to you a book that I've used for years. Uh, I found this uh, author probably about 35 years ago, and his name is S.I. McMillan. And his book is called None of These Diseases. And so his whole book, he's a medical doctor, and he goes through uh, how over his time of practice, he ran into people that had different physical ailments. And when they began to deal with envy and stress, the body responded in such a way that healing came. So isn't that interesting? So I, I would really encourage you to get that. So Maribel, why don't you just share with us just briefly a, a little bit about how you see envy and how that's affected your life in the past? Yeah, I think for me, I've always been driven by projects and what's next. And I mentioned that in the earlier podcast, becoming a goal chaser mm -hmm. and trying to achieve goals and obtain materialistic I love uh, real estate. I love building generational wealth. But I think that it became a little bit twisted. I became a twisted sister. <laughs> Where if it became solely what I was after and trying to, you know, buy the next home, buy the next investment property. Where it, it did cause me to be discontent in my life. Because you're seeing all these people thrive and be successful um, especially when you're scrolling through social media. So, uh, yeah, I, I had to go back and being grateful for what I have. I mean, my husband and I got married in 2009 of November, uh, right after the market crashed. It crashed in 2008. I know that we've uh, most of us went through that. Mm -hmm. And so I was laid off. And a couple months later, my husband was laid off and we were living together in sin. Don't judge me, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think we came to a realization that we we wanted to make it right and we wanted to get married. And so we ended up getting married on unemployment. Mm -hmm. So when I start becoming envious of others or even starting to think that I need to achieve more, I need to... Uh, 
you know, have more things, Mm -hmm. I think about the times that we didn't really have anything. I mean, we were living from, my wedding was, was paid for my unemployment checks. (laughs) (laughs) So I always go back to that moment. I'm like, I'm so grateful for what we have. I'm so grateful the life that we live. And when you, uh, have a you're in a state of gratitude yes it really shifts your perspective yes it does and and realigns you yes it does and i know that's about the time uh, after you got married uh, you actually received the lord and that's when i met you and so you started seeking after his priorities and uh you know that that really uh, made a great shift in your your life and your lifestyle and your perspective and uh, you know, over the years, of course, you've grown and matured, so things have, have changed even more. But that was really a great pivot time for you. And so I'm just real proud of you because I've really seen you uh, grow and mature and uh, really stand in those values that you talk about. Rather than just talking about them, you really became uh, very aware of them and started living in them. So bravo to you, friend. Thank you. Bravo to Thank you. you. So proud of you. So let's let's talk a little bit today about uh, some of the keys to prevent uh, envy. You know, uh, preventive medicine is always good. Then you don't have to go through the pain. Whew, that's a wonderful thing. So the first one is to, uh, again, and you just mentioned this, is to be grateful for what you have. So to be content with what you have and yet at the same time still preparing for growth and so you know there's always that balance that tension but between what i have and what i'd like to achieve so never stop wanting to grow that's the most valuable thing is that desire for growth uh, because god gets behind that but again it's it's really keeping the balance between your own core values and what God has called you to do. So uh, you already kind of spoke about that a little bit, but was there anything that you'd like to add in with that, Maribel? I, I think that being in, in the Lord just and um, obtaining his DNA and oh, knowing so yes. the Holy Spirit lives in you, that you get a peace that you're whole, you are loved and you're complete so good through him yes and so i think that helps me uh just put everything into perspective so good and um rather than let letting stuff be the key absolutely so we let the spirit be the key not the stuff yeah Yeah, that really makes such a difference it really does and i love the way that that you've said that uh, to be whole because when we're whole uh, we can live in peace not meaning that everything around us is going to be calm because sometimes we have chaos, but chaos can move around you, but it doesn't have to be in you. Mm. So we don't have to open that door. So that's a great thing. I love that. And then the second one is to develop an abundant outlook. So we have to choose our attitude by having a kingdom perspective of abundance. So what really is abundance? Does it mean having, like you mentioned last podcast, the Gucci purses and the, uh, all the, the expensive stuff uh, to feel like we have abundance? But really, when, when we have an abundant outlook, we're looking at, at what God gives. And you know, nothing can replace 
the value of family, the value of having close relationships and friendships and uh, the, the value of having an abundance of uh, just the wealth of peace. Uh, I mean, what, what more could we ask for with that? And when we do that, I, I love the scripture that says that when our ways please the Lord, he makes even our enemies to be at peace with us. And another translation says, uh, when our ways please the Lord, he makes our enemies shake hands with us. Oh, wow. Which I love that one. So that that's the whole thing. We can, we can get things done, even with our enemies, when we put God first. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. I love that. <laughs> so kind of kind of give us a little bit of thought about that, Maribel, with uh, having a, a kingdom perspective about abundance. I think I, I always refer back to God's favor. Mm-hmm. God's favor is unmerited. What I think about, the first thing that comes to mind is Proverbs 10.22. And the New Living Translation says, The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. And he adds no sorrow sorrow with it. That's so good. What's that mean to you? It means that everything that the Lord has for you is good. Yes, there you go. Okay. Everything and all things that he, when you put him first, you don't work for man. In anything that you do, whether you're a mom, you have, you're in the marketplace, you're in the school system, you're in government. Everything that you do, you work onto the Lord. That's so true. And not man. And then he will bless you. That's so true. And he doesn't attach uh, anything to it. No no sor- sorrow will come when he blesses you. That's true. Now, now we have to, let's, let's, for our audience, we have to keep that in perspective. It doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to you. Because sure. God, God turns everything around for his good, for our good. And so we, we have to, to remember that uh, God will always watch over his word to perform it. And so when we do that, uh, there's, there's no sorrow in it, no, no grieving over lack, because God's blessing will be on it. Very, very, sometimes we can have very little, but God makes it into something so abundant because it's really in seed form a lot of times. And so we have to be thankful for the seeds as well as thankful for the bread. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Good. Very good. Very good. And so then our our third key is uh, to connect with others of similar values. In other words, choose your friends wisely. So would you like to comment on that one, Maribel? All I have to say, that's why I hang out with you. (laughs) (laughs) You're so cute. (laughs) It's, It's truly... Uh, one of the principles, if you can do anything in life, choose your friends wisely. And you will know these people, the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, people can talk the talk, but do they walk the walk? Right. Being observant of their life. And I mean, if you are wanting to get married, get with friends that already that are already married that you want to emulate, that, they, that you're seeing the fruit of their marriage. If you want to be an entrepreneur... Get with people that, you know, are, are like-minded and have principles and integrity. Integrity is a big deal. Yes, it is. Nowadays. So, um, and then even understanding and taking inventory of your current friendships. Are they benefiting you or are they the straw suckers? What were you talking about the other day? Where they, they suck the life of you and they put a straw in, in, their, in, in your neck and... 
you got to pinch the straw sometimes. See, like you do. Like uh, Dr. Kathy says. And so taking inventory and realizing that some people are in your life for seasons. True. Some people are in your life forever. Like you're, I, you're in my life forever, whether you like it or not. <laughs> but you have those people that are going to champion you, that are going to encourage you, that are going to mm-hmm. correct you if you mm-hmm. allow them and, and really build you up to be a better version than yourself. Right. Good. I love that. Yes. And I'll, I'll, I'll be hanging out with you forever. Yes. But you know, uh, so the, the thing that we have to remember is that, that uh, the Word of God tells us that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're to love all people. Jesus loves all people. You know, whether, whether they're uh, just a hot mess or not, He loves them. And He loves us whether we're a hot mess or not. But the thing is, those that you connect with need to have like values so that you have something in common that you can walk together with. You know, if we're going to hook hearts and hips with another person and walk through life with them, then we have to have same uh, compatible value system. And uh, so I always like to say, you know, there are those people that we can have lunch with. And then there are those people that we can do war with. So you need to find those people that you can pray with, that you can uh, talk kingdom principles with, that have those same values as you do. But please love those that don't. We don't want to discount them or devalue them. Uh, we want to to be for them uh, something that they can see in action that walks in truth and reality, integrity and love and quality of character. So please don't don't cut everybody out of your life. Just make sure if you're going to do life with them and run with them that they have similar core values or the same value system. Okay? Absolutely. And I just I want to challenge listeners, go out there and get a mentor. If you don't have a mentor, it's really important for you to get somebody that can help you build you up and um, cause growth in your life, you know, speak the truth and love, pray for you, and also maybe um, get people under you to be able to uh, talk with them, build them up, pray for them, good. and uh, you can become their mentor. Good, very good, very good. And you know, one of the new things, everybody, of course, is talking about life coaches, coaching, 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 uh, which I do some. Uh, but the thing is that a coach is a little bit different than a mentor because a coach, it's like if you have a, a sports coach. So let's let's use football, which I don't know anything about. So let's say baseball. Okay. <laughs> so say say you have a a, a, a coach that's uh, helping helping with baseball. Well, a, a professional is going to have coaches that deal with specifics. So there's one for batting, one for running, one for uh, sliding, one for... So different coaches help with different areas. So there's specificity in that. But a coach will always tell you where you can improve. And they're going to watch you and they're going to say, so if you're batting, hold up on the bat or get the bat higher so you'll get more velocity when you hit. You know, something like that. Well, we don't get offended with that. We say yes and we'll adjust the way that we approach things. Well, that's what a coach is really good for. If they see you doing something that really can use some improvement, they're gonna tell you, 
why don't you try this? So, uh, you know, if you're going to have a, a coach or a life coach, make sure that they have the quality in the area that you're needing to develop and let them speak into your life. That's so good. So you can have mentors and you can have coaches. And then you can have just good friends that are really um, integrous and they uh, are they know how to speak to you in such a way that they're not going to put you down but they won't wink at what is wrong wow okay? yeah we don't want any winkers no winkers <laughs> <laughs> absolutely okay and then uh, key number four would be don't compare yourself with others and we talked a little bit about this on our last podcast, but it's really embracing your uniqueness and remember that God made you with purpose. So I, I would say this, uh, when, you, when you know what your purpose is, that, see, that's so key. When you know what your purpose is, what has God called you to accomplish in this season on planet Earth? then you're you're not going to be so inclined to compare yourself with others because you you begin to embrace who you really are and it's okay if others are different and it's okay if you're different because together we make completeness you know i used to always use this a lot of times in our seminars uh with uh uh, thinking about a stone. So say say you have a diamond, a diamond stone. So whether it's on your finger or it's around your neck or you just look at it in a jeweler case, a stone is still a stone. But what's in, that's so beautiful about this is that a stone has different facets to it. And those facets are there for the purpose of reflecting light. So the more facets you have in a stone, the more reflection and the more beauty that you have. So you and I have different facets in our life. Yes. So that includes our personality, our physical appearance, our, our, our just our uniquenesses in everything, our likes, our dislikes, uh, our temperament, all of those different thing, uh, things are, are like, like facets in a ring or in a stone. And so what we are to do with the facets in our life are to reflect the light of the kingdom of God so that his beauty will be seen. Yes. How fabulous that is. So every time you think about your uniquenesses, you think, oh, that's just another facet that God has given me that I can reflect who he is. And then you don't get jealous or envious over others. Because you appreciate your own uniqueness. And Perfect. when you live a purpose life, you're able to see the purpose in others. That's exactly right. And 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 value that and celebrate that rather than try and compete with it. Yeah. I Very look good. at my children and I just love who they are. That's so good. Individually. And I just feel, I'm not comparing myself to God, but I'm like, I wonder if God sees like, wow, look what I made. Look what I designed. Look what I created. Look at my masterpiece isn't that beautiful and so my children i see them i'm like they're perfect who they are their own individual personalities and i wouldn't have them any other way isn't that beautiful and so if, if we can take that same concept and we can look at our our friendships and our relationships 
particularly uh, those who are married, if you can look at your spouse and say, you know, they're so unique and I love that about them. And so we don't try and change them all the time, but we honor and we value and we celebrate the uniqueness of who they are in that relationship. And then your friendships the same way in that relationship. Not all relationships are the same. They're not equal uh, in the sense of what they mean in your life. And so, but just recognizing those facets, loving them, appreciate them, and then also pray if there needs to be change made that God begins to reveal that to them because we're not the change maker. That's right. <laughs> no matter how hard we try, that's not our job. So, uh, of course, with our children, we're to train them up in the way they should go. So that's our responsibility. But once they're adults... Mm, they're on, they've already learned, and then that's their responsibility. So that's okay. right. Well, let's move forward because yeah. we've got some other keys here. So the next one uh, is to set your own bar and plumb line based on your values. And I would really encourage people to set your bar higher than others would set it for you, because then you're if you're going to compete with anybody, it's yourself, not yes, others. I agree. So you're setting your bar on your values and hopefully you're setting your bar based on the plumb line of God's word, not what society says, but the kingdom principle of what the word says, then then you're going to always be challenging yourself to get better in every area. So how does that how does that apply with you, Maribel? For me, I think first I ask God good what would he have me do in the season mm-hmm. that I that I'm in. And so the next thing that I do is I write down the vision that he has for me. Very good. Um, One of the things that my husband and I did for our anniversary, November 21st of this uh, past year, we we celebrated 13 years. And what we did is we sat down and we brought out a whiteboard and we started writing our vision for for our family. Like what are the Soto's core values? Very and good. so one of the core values that we live by is that we serve God, we serve people. Good. Uh, and then we never quit. Good. Very good. And so I think that uh, going back to the vision, writing down the the vision, mm-hmm. Habakkuk 2, two. Two, 2, it says, write it and make it plain on tablets so when you can run with it. True. Yes. And so I truly believe that even when you get distracted, you get sidetrack you could always go back to the vision that you have for your life and that god has for your life and kind of recalibrate and realign yourself that's so good that's so good and so once once you do have it written down you can you can rehearse it so that you can run well because we're, we're really we need to know how to live life well not just live life but live life well so that we're being productive not for things, but for legacy, for eternity. What I do today will not only produce something for myself, but it will produce something for others that I connect with. So I love that. Thank you. So um, the, our next key then would be to understand the difference between want and need. <laughs> and sometimes we get that confused. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's kind of like you go to Target and let Target tell you what you need. <laughs> and I want everything. Yes. <laughs> but you know, uh, I think sometimes uh, envy sets in because we really do want to uh, 
please God, but we get snagged sometimes, again, back into that comparison. You know, uh, the Jones have a pool, so I have to have a pool. No, you want a pool, but do you need a pool? No, you you need to pay your mortgage is what you need to do. And so, you know, it, the, all things are possible, but you, you can't uh, desire things that other people have so that you can look as good as them or you compare yourself to being successful because they have. You know, it's that sort of thing that kind of gets stuck in us if we don't watch out. It's really easy to happen. And Mirabelle, even as you said with uh, social media, you know, that's really one of the enemies of this generation. I, I really think it's, it's crucial that as parents, we really watch what our children are, are looking at and limit their time to any kind of social media because it will literally begin to train them if you don't put limits on it. I agree. I mean, we have a we actually have a no social media policy. I know, um, you know, if parents you allow your kids, that's fine. But I think for us, it it really technology, even technology, it truly rewires your brain. It does. Where I read a study that if our children consume social media or technology or binge watching that that their attention span is a lot less than what a goldfish is, which is like eight seconds is what I read. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, that's why there's a high depression rate in mm-hmm. in teens nowadays because right. of the social media consumption. Cool. And uh, and I can say that sometimes I've, I've had to delete my apps on my phone mm-hmm. because I, it's second nature to go and make a phone call and you pull up Instagram. What's right. happening? So right. you right. you really have to limit yourself. And uh, for, for us, I think we, we do limit our children for now. Yeah, um, it's wise. I think it's wise until they can learn self, self-discipline. Because if you don't have self-discipline, you're just going to throw yourself into anything and everything. So I think I, I would love it if every household could have a basket that's that's on the table and everybody comes to the table and eats together and puts their phone in the basket until we're through. Wouldn't that be a wonderful habit to get into? It would be awesome. Because so many times, you know, families don't even gather together to eat anymore because everybody's so busy and so divided in their goals and all that sort of thing. But uh, I think it's so valuable to sit at the table and eat. I agree. I think uh, some we actually make a rule with our family. Everybody puts their their phone in the middle of the the dinner, whether we're at a restaurant or at the dinner table, mm-hmm. and whoever reaches for their phone pays for the whole dinner. <laughs> and somebody, some I'm not gonna name any names, but they've you know they've had to. Pay up, huh? Pay up. <laughs> well, I love that. And you've got a big family. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good yes. one. I love that. <laughs> Very good. Hey, some of you might want to pick that one up for your household. Uh, but then again, we have our next one, and that's uh, to celebrate others when they win. Now, we've, we've said things off and on through, through uh, both podcasts on that. But I, I have a quote by St. Thomas Aquinas, and he says, Charity rejoices in our neighbor's good 
while envy grieves over it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's very good. And so again, we've uh, not to belabor it because it's come up time after time after time, but I think again, that's something that we really have to pay attention to personally. Do I celebrate when others win or am I envious of them? And so I find fault in what they've done or how they won. You know, it's just very important that we check our own heart. I agree with that. Yeah. So, and then the the next one is to give back to make room for abundance. And I think that's so important. And again, we've talked, it's, it just keeps coming up in our conversation because this is really something that is a, a key for success. It tells us in 2 Corinthians 9, 10 and 11 out of the message translation, this most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for the meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Wow. How about that? that? So again, uh, I think we, we need to make generosity a habit because if it's, if it's something that we have a hard time in giving, then it may be because we're envious of others and we think if we give something away, we won't have enough for ourselves to be equal with that person or that situation or that job or whatever it would be. But I, I'm going to challenge you to start sowing maybe into the areas where you felt a little envious of and give it to somebody else. How about, here's a good challenge. Somebody who won, whether it would be maybe they just got a home or maybe they got a promotion or maybe they uh, won in a activity of some sort, and you would think, well, why would I sow into them if they've already got more than me? Because you're taking your faith and you're saying, I'm going to put seed where somebody's already won because it's going to help me not be envious over what they have. Amen. Yes. That's a good way to do it. I'll tell you, you know, there's so many ways that God teaches us. So I, I would really really encourage you to do something that's just outside what your norm would actually be. Or maybe you are a giver and you give an X amount. I'm going to challenge you to go beyond that and say, well, you know, I get all these mailers all the time for, oh, say, St. Jude's Hospital or whatever it would be. Maybe you need to just look at that and say, you know, maybe I can sow a seed into somebody else's health because I am so grateful that God has given me good health. You know, so make it a good practice. Give something away. It helps you to overcome that envy or to really uh, maybe just prevent envy from getting in there. you have anything to say about that? I, I love hanging out with people that, have a strength where I feel that I need improvement in. Mm-hmm. Good. I love hanging out with crafty people because Lord knows I'm not Martha Stewart. <laughs> I I have friends that are type A personalities 
and I love them because they're so organized and they're great with logistics and they have Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> I mean, me and Excel are enemies, <laughs> but I love to celebrate other strengths mm -hmm. in my Good. life. Good. And I see, I pick out friends in that regard and uh, I just, I, I celebrate their purpose and their strengths so because good. that makes me a better person good. yes it does yes it does amen well i agree with that so you know what uh, let me just share just a thought as we're getting ready to wind up and close down here so how how do i deal with envy when i identify it you know that's really something that we really have to think about and this could take a a whole nother podcast to deal with. So I'm just going to kind of slide it over here for you. Maybe we'll come back and do something about that. Uh, but uh, I, I would say we need to really repent for the sin of envy because envy is sin, whether we like it or not. It's missing God's, God's standard for us. That makes it sin. And then we have to renounce it and, and render it legally void to stay. See, if something comes in illegally, and we talked about this in our uh, couple of weeks ago uh, in our podcast about squatters. Squatters come in and they try and take a place that does not legally belong to them. And so when these sort of things that are sinful, whether it be envy or anything else comes in, it doesn't have a legal right to come in if, if you have Christ in your, in your life, if you've given that over to him. They don't have a legal right there. So we have to render it legally void by renouncing it and commanding it to leave. And then we have to declare it null and void and strike it down or cancel it and give it no right to come back again and close it and then replace that with the promises of God and the word of God. And then again, we need to kind of look at, at, at it and think, think, well, what is the root that produces this fruit or the product of envy? What, what is it in me that's producing that envy? So we have to take some, some uh, inventory in our own heart. And like Maribel gave the scripture about search my heart, O God, and let me know if there's any anxious way within me. So we just have to go back to God and say, what is this? What is causing the root of my envy? And let him talk to you and then take action with that. And then follow those things, repent, renounce it. We have to declare it null and void. And just, you, sometimes you have to kind of work through that quite a bit until you finally get to that core issue of what it is and get that root out of there. But you can do it. We can all do it. Listen, we can all improve. We can all mature in all of these areas. And you know what? I'm going to say I have confidence that you're going to do it. Whoever it is that's listening, I have confidence that you are going to do it and you're going to be free from those things. You're going to live a life of liberty and freedom and let love be the rulership through Christ in your life. Let's right. go. Yes. <laughs> Let's get her done. Yes. Let's get her done. Let's get her done. Well, thank you so much for coming and being with us again today. And, uh, you know, I would love to hear from you and uh, just tell us how these keys are working for you in your life. And again, thank you to Maribel for being here again thank today. Thank you for having me. You are such a treasure to us. We just really, really value you. Thank you, Maribel. So we'll be looking forward to meeting with you again.
in a couple of weeks on a Wednesday. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Keys to Life podcast. If this episode inspired you, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. We want to hear all about how God is speaking to you directly. Another way to show your support would be to screenshot, post, and tag us at Life Builder Seminars. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. We are so excited to continue this journey with you. Until next time, may these keys unlock your freedom and transformation.